Welcome back to the Pathways Home podcast. I'm your host and guide, Brianna Morandi, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to our very first interview episode of season two, our unscripted series. My guest today is the truly wonderful Kathy French. Kathy is a high school educator and grateful guide to the ancient deep rest practice of Yoga Nidra. Her substack publication, The Creature, is a sanctuary of prayer and practice. Indigenous Irish animism is woven with sensual eco-poetry to deepen your restful relational enchantment with the land. And I truly cannot recommend this subscription to The Creature enough. I have so deeply benefited from it myself from the practices and the writing that Kathy shares that offers a conduit for those who practice with her to connect so directly to the land, to our embodied experience of being one with nature, of finding that indivisibility in our connection to nature, to the earth, of knowing ourselves as a part of nature and not just something separate that is connected to nature. Kathy's work over the years has been so meaningful and so supportive to me along that journey in deepening my understanding of that animistic connection that we have with the environment that raises us. So I encourage you all to check out The Creature on Substack to subscribe and dive deep with Kathy yourself. And for now, enjoy this unscripted, wild journey of a conversation that the two of us went on. We went to so many places and into so many topics I had no idea we were going on. We had an outline when we started and we immediately scrapped it and went in a completely different direction. And I feel like this conversation is of such service to anyone who is in a curious or confused or growing edge of their own journey in their human experience. But this is a conversation that I feel like gets deep into the marrow of a lot of the ways that we have to meet our growing edges. A lot of the questions and confusions we have to contend with as we grow as human beings. And as we grow as citizens of the world and community connectors with others. So without further ado, here is the conversation I'm so excited to share with you. Kathy French, thank you for being here. It is <laughs> such a true delight for me to sit down and chat with you anytime oh. about anything, but I'm so glad that you're here to chat and to let other people in on this conversation with us oh, to join us. Always, always here, always with you. And yeah, lovely that it's in a more kind of formal setting in a way mm-hmm. except it couldn't, be less, it couldn't be less formal for me I'm like in my pajamas I am um, we, we, we made an agreement not to come on video and yeah thank you for that gift gosh you're so welcome and thank you for that gift because if you could see me right now I'm literally inside of my master bedroom closet surrounded by clothes and the drape of a blanket <laughs> over my head next to a, a clothing steamer and a desk chair so what you're saying is you built a fort for our for our phone call. I absolutely did. Yes, I'm nestled in a fort for our phone call. You're so cute. Um, that's adorable. And you know what? I love the fact that we're all giggly already because that's that, that's the, the, the the playfulness. You know, like you're you're mm-hmm. a mom. You're trying to you're trying to be the mom figure, and I'm sure you play plenty with your kiddos. But it's nice for you to have a chance to play with your friends too. It and is. It's, I'm a teacher is. every day. I show up and I have to educate and it's like oh, mm-hmm. I just want to have I just want to have as we say I want to have the crack with them <laughs> so yes, yes exactly you want to be in your yes. own like sleepover yeah. slash blanket fort anyway yourself exactly to get exactly. what you're giving precisely yeah. and the fact that we connected over the wheel and you know oh. the moment of the year that we are <laughs> having the chat in um just totally lends itself to oh Get that duvet, pull it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, here it's so... snowing uh, like profusely. Oh so my God. Well, this is the thing okay. about being in Canada compared to being in Ireland is like uh, everything lines up very seasonally appropriately for you on the wheel. We're always like slightly, in, once we enter the dark half of the year, we're always slightly ahead of, of it yeah. se- weather-wise. And we're always slightly behind streams. on the other end. 
yes mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah but freezing yeah. cold geez that's that's a shock mm-hmm. to the system yeah it is it's um, a big it's an abrupt pivot yeah yeah but in that sense I mean you hunker down quicker and you've got all the mm-hmm. gear and you're just yeah that's lovely yeah, yeah. Mm. and I think I've been sensing that building then even over the last like few weeks it was warm 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 like literally last want to say last week it was 21 degrees celsius out and then you know very slowly started to pivot and change a little bit but then we just the last couple days have been really buried in snow and freezing cold and but there was a sense despite the warmth in the air i felt this growing sense of like pulling in and pulling in and building So it's always interesting, I think, that everybody else is maybe looking at the weather itself with the more we're paying attention to something other than just the temperature outside. Mm -hmm. You can witness that this cycle is actually playing itself out. It's the world is readying itself. Earth is readying herself for this change that is coming. Yeah, that's so true. And it's like, it, it, it kind of freaks me out when you talk about that disparity in temperatures. And often when we talk about the Celtic wheel, that's <laughs> mostly what we're doing like on these calls. Yeah. We're talking about the weather, which is the ultimate like way to bond and, and, and create mm-hmm. kind of conversation. But uh, the, the creature knows, the creature of the body knows, you know, and we we experienced similar really ridiculously high temperatures two weekends ago. And it was, it was unsettling in my body mm-hmm. to go hiking in the middle of October and feel so hot and sweaty you know yes. so yeah it's, it's like once you're attuned enough your your instinct is going to want to do the thing that the season requires regardless of what the outside temperature reads you know mm-hmm. and then and yeah it is it's a blessing to hand yourself over to that like that weekend when it was boiling hot I, I wasn't okay with the fact that we were having a barbecue I was like no I, I'd rather be cozy you know <laughs> yes a hundred percent yeah it doesn't yeah it's some there's something dissonant about that like mm. all of a sudden I found 21 degrees to be absolutely boiling hot yeah, and yeah. I still only wanted to make like warm comforting foods and had to mm-hmm. really figure out where to land that and I think the truth is to like yes the weather outside is like that's that temperature is telling you one thing but that temperature change is going to still be brief and there's this like deeper longing to be enfolded by that and so for me for sure watching the snowfall and like getting wrapped up in that actually felt very welcome very welcome Good. Snow, all I want to do is be in the sweaters yeah. and eat stew and you know <laughs> that's stew now that you now that, now that we go there is it, is it about two years ago since we bonded over stew <laughs> probably reaction. actually probably at least two years ago now yeah, because yeah. well how long ago did that actually start when you I were over think, at a tune doing I think we've been together for two full cycles of the wheel you I and think I, at so. this point yeah, yeah. Um, no so more for that really? I think it might be three <laughs> I actually oh, wow. think it might be three because the first winter solstice retreat that uh, you were a part of online Mm-mm. I think Ellie was yes. a baby yes and no, that was right. three winters so ago yeah, you're actually right you're dead right that was the, the winter of the deep shitty lockdown <laughs> yes um, <laughs> yeah when you know whatever about our ecological sensibilities for pulling in like we literally had no choice mm-hmm. but to pull in and like yes be in caves and yeah yeah it was an intense one um but it, it lent itself to great community building over the internet it, did. it really some did. of the people I met during that time yourself included yeah you know despite the fact that there haven't been any three-dimensional hugs yet um, yes. they're solid friendships I don't care what anyone says mm-hmm. they're real absolutely they're real and they'll they'll continue and it's yeah it was an important time in that sense like for those of us who lived alone especially <clears throat> you know the the connections we built were were based on true vulnerability like a proper yeah <laughs> rawness and realness and, and sharing of of our of our isolation our loneliness and I think that was a that was a really magical time. I uh, I count John Morrow in that circle of friends. He's a mm-hmm. the artist who's made all of my beautiful Celtic wheel art. And, oh yes, um, <clears throat> and then yeah, just that 
gorgeous community that um initiated through Jana attitude to the mm-hmm. moon. Can we name can we name Jana into the Please space? And always, yes. And we <laughs> name Gayla, her beautiful mom who left mm. us at the end of the summer. Yeah. Mm. One of the sweetest women I've ever known. Mm. It was a really like important thing and very timely for me too. And I think for any new mom who was also able to connect to a community like that, that was building itself online at the time, because I wasn't going out anywhere and I could not have possibly participated in a retreat like that in person at that time. And so it opened up so many, so many doors for Mm -hmm. me personally to be a part of things because I could be sitting at home in the midst of breastfeeding my baby and Mm -hmm. still immerse myself in this retreat and meet and connect with community and people that are were actually all over the world at that time Mm -hmm. and have something that was so nourishing in spite of what would have you know even apart from lockdowns would have been so potentially isolating as a new mom in the dead of winter oh my god I'm sure I'm sure it was isolating but but there there was that and it's no fucking small thing Um, and I actually now that we're fully back (laughs) yeah and um I'm fully back myself in the sense that I'm I've fully returned to Ireland and I'm immersed and I'm in engaged in all kinds of community on all levels through family friends and work I can still say that that community as as intangible as it was at the time and you know maybe we were even second guessing ourselves like is this real community but it is real (laughs) it's so real and I'm really genuinely like astounded by it like it's Mm -hmm. I, I I just had a I just had a participant who I'm not sure whether or not you know them but they they mentioned to me just today that they met their wife in a breakout room on one of my Zoom calls. Stop. Are you serious? Yes. I'm, I'm oh my serious. gosh. This information just came towards me today. And I've also had the gracious opportunity to host two teacher trainings since then. And I've had mm-hmm. people from those very communities travel over here to, to spend time with the land and learn about Yoga Nitra oh. from here. And it's like, they're real I've I've like I've, I've, yes. I've kissed their faces and hugged them and you know it's, it's all yeah so oh, it's it's... Yeah, it's it's massive it's beautiful and yeah. it's real and it's yeah it's, it's 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 something I'm incredibly grateful for so thank god yeah god yeah and I think mm-hmm. like that's the thing is it was tempting to start to like to try and discount that because it wasn't what we were used to and there was like an element of like wanting the physical proximity to one another Mm, which is beautiful but there is so much that was like brought together from that Mm. that we would not have otherwise been able to receive and so I think that's like it's a moment in time that was complex for many Mm. reasons but it's brought out there's so many beautiful things that came out of it I'm so delighted to hear that your breakout room has spawned a marriage (laughs) I know, I know. That's so delightful. I, I, I know, I can't quite get my head around it. <laughs> like, really? That's amazing. Because it's not yeah. even like, you know, that's just because the, the breakout rooms are completely random assignment. I know, I know. But I'm, I mean, uh, I've met some of my magical. dearest friends in breakout rooms too, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it works for everyone. Um, Yeah, so uh, your some... podcast is mm-hmm. focused on the concept of home. Yes. So nice choice. Me, thank you. Beautiful, <laughs> it was... beautiful, big, broad topic. <laughs> well, that's that was it. When I when this sort of became, I don't know, a thought, it was something that I realized, like, this is the heart of what I want to offer in everything that I'm doing. The heart of it is that, you know, whatever it is that we do that's walking us home, whatever it is that we do that's bringing us back to that heart of our matter is important and that there's so many different pathways to get there Mm. and none of them has like a a monopoly on merit and so I wanted to explore like I've there's so many different ways that over the years of teacher trainings and retreats and other explorations personally and self-teaching and everything that has brought me home 
And I mm-hmm. always envision this experience because life will always pull us out to our edges. And that has oh. a purpose. You're pulled out to the edges always so that there's an opportunity to walk back so that oh. the pathway back gets more well-trodden, gets easier to find because you're never not going to be pulled out. We're never going to find ourselves at any point in life, not being drawn out to edges. And so, you know, that became sort of the heart of everything I wanted to offer was in just in whatever I was doing, teaching or wherever was, what is this as a pathway home to ourselves? And so this was an opportunity to just like explore it in long form in as many different ways as I could, as many different practices of presence as I could, and to offer that to people as a way of just exploring that sort of curiosity about what brings us home to ourselves. Um, So I would love for you to tell me and everyone who's going to listen, what does it mean to you to come home to yourself? Thank you for naming the fact and almost granting permission in your explanation of home just now to lose your way you know and to get lost Mm -hmm. because when I think of home I have to consider its opposite and its opposite is the experience of losing your way or being fugitive being refugee being homeless Mm -hmm. and having the experience of groundlessness and then knowing a way to get to a point of feeling realigned to that vast, inclusive and very entangled sense of loving awareness. So that's very, very convoluted way of saying home is loving awareness. Mm, Home is loving awareness. And we so easily stray from loving awareness. We wander all over the world in our brains. And that's mostly, Mm -hmm. I know when you refer to home, I I can sense from your words that it's your practice that gets you back there. And and all of your analogies are are like little windows into your own beautiful mind and the meandery paths (laughs) that bring you to the edges of your frazzled brain and then back from the middle of your brain down to your heart and it's that sense of coherence Mm -hmm. and what I just tried to articulate in a very wanky way there was just how that coherence can be as simple as grounding back into loving awareness to your heart and breath but also you know when we relate we always relate on the on, on the on the wheel and yes that sense of you know returning home to whatever holy landmass is currently my teacher whatever Mm -hmm. location whatever pinpoint on this planet I am stationed at at present where I can find that also and yeah yeah it's it's a it's a tricky one for me though because I'm almost 40 years of age and I've lived in so many places like it's actually embarrassing how many places (laughs) get into the concept of home and we have to think (laughs) A pragmatic sense of what mm-hmm. home is um as as home makers and home um yeah like oh, i i am a home body and mm-hmm. everywhere i live has been an utter sanctuary but i've lived so many places um we have this thing if you want to be you know working with children i don't know what the equivalent in the states is but it's called the guard of vetting form where you have to fill in all of your addresses <laughs> and oh, yeah. um, recently had yeah. to do it again just there was a spot check on me it was just a random nuisance of a thing that I had to do and and, and go back and fill in the form and, and like I, I was embarrassed by how many places I'd lived and how many I couldn't even remember I couldn't even remember the addresses <laughs> and we're talking like yeah Dublin all over Dublin all over yeah. all over Dublin Ireland in London California um and then various other, yeah, it's just bizarre when you actually look back at the trajectory of your life and how many places you've lived. And I'm at the point now where I, I know I'm getting closer to the actual physical reality of what home will be. There mm-hmm. may be the purchasing of a house in my yeah in, in my future, on my horizon, or something along those lines where there will be more of a yes. settling happening. It's imminent. I can feel it. The love is 
propelling me towards it and magnetizing mm-hmm. me to it. But but I know that as soon as I name that place, there's almost a <laughs> you know there's a little moment of it's almost like an incarceration of self where you're like yeah ah if this is the only place I call home then it might limit me from the feeling of home that I've been able to access and achieve everywhere I've lived yes but I think then, that's it right like it's anything it gives like that sort of like confinement to definition or yeah yeah puts, but that's that's probably also my avoidance and I you know I know that's <laughs> the piece I'm gonna have to work on because more than anything like anyone I'm a human being and I want a nest where I know yes where I know where all the I don't know I know where the potatoes live and I know how yes. many you know cartons of oat milk I have left and you know I know exactly what meal I'm gonna cook the next day like I, you know yeah. it's based on the real practical security of food and sustenance and warmth and and connection with the people yeah. I love so it's coming um but it's yeah it's coming so that's good. What and I up. think there's something <laughs> about being in up like that more permanent home space it feels very it's the challenges where it feels very fixed like you said yeah. but the mm-hmm. beauty of it is that like mm, you as you know the that's a deeper root and a bigger bloom can come absolutely you just have to allow it (laughs) yeah it's like you get to like actually fill up the space in a different way not in a like not in a material sense but like I my experience of it has been like there's like this inhabiting of like the way that you exist inside this space that you choose in that more permanent sense is sense is like this bigger Mm. I don't know like inhabiting of the space Per, of the, the person who you are inhabits the space and gives it a certain flavor and energy and of even course. more than yeah even more than anything else like mm. when it's a little more impermanent can feel yeah yes absolutely yeah it hasn't stopped me from nesting the absolute no. be Jesus out of any place I've ever lived but like <laughs> yeah and that kind of makes me think about you get that haunted feeling when you go back to a former home like I'm thinking of houses I lived in during university um with friends of mine in Maynooth County Kildare and I you know recently went back there and I just felt this weird eerie feeling but it's almost like you're revisiting a ghost of yourself who who, who yes. put, poured, poured themselves into that place that land that building you know and yeah anyway that's just a little side aside but there's also looseness, like I, I need to maintain a looseness around that craving for home too, because it, it's like you say, you know, we are that we are the very, very lucky privileged ones who who mm-hmm. have the potential for that permanent fixture. Yeah. Well, who knows what, how permanent anything will be in the coming years. Well, there's when, that. When you look at the predictions in terms of climate and and then mm-hmm. I see the likes of the people who I work with who've been ripped out of their homes and countries and moved sometimes overnight from one direct provision center here in this country to another one and you know it's just you have to maintain a looseness around that craving for Mm -hmm. for home but maintain um the kind of gravitational tug that we all have towards warm love like that's what we're looking for here community kids around maybe some dogs and cats Mm-hmm. beauty meaningful work they're the things that make home you know um, you know yes the, the building is also uh lovely nice to have though right <laughs> yeah. yeah but I think that's it though that like what you're speaking to is that like internal sense of home the home like the internal sense of home that you carry no matter where you are yeah yeah that yeah. is like something that we construct and are constructed by right yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah and it's it's a, a creaturely um, kind of what's the word? It's an instinct. It's a it's a drive. It's mm-hmm. a primal drive to want to yeah. create it and and a nest. we do, we, yeah, and we do need to speak about how, you know, in terms of fundamental human rights, it's one of the things we need to fight for people to have defend. Yes, and defend. That it, for it others. is a fundamental right to have. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, love. Wow, so beautiful, mm. beautiful concept. Because, geez, you could. <laughs> you could There's so much that can fall under it. There's 
so yeah. many things to like explore within yeah. that concept of home. Yeah. yeah. Both inwardly and outwardly in the way that it impacts all of us, because mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, whether people hold a really conscious awareness of it or not, I think it's something that we're all seeking. And it's a conversation like we talked, like I said before, and we just discussed where like, we're always brought out to those edges. And I think there's mm. tends to be this frustration I know among people who have very deliberately been seeking that as pathway home where what you come to realize is that it is a a the journey itself is almost permanent in that sense like we're never we're always going to be brought Mm -hmm. out and asked to then walk ourselves back Mm -hmm. that that frustration arises eventually at some point that they have not arrived at any kind of destination no matter how many years of practice like really intentional deliberate practice that Mm. the same things do come up that different shades different layers different expressions of them like I have you know we've both been practicing a variety of different let's say ways of walking ourselves home for many many years now and the same type of you know, question or wound or curiosity or ache comes up Mm. and it can get frustrating and it can get almost defeating for people. I think when they come up against that, it's like, I thought I healed this. I thought I solved this. But Mm -hmm. the minute that we turn it into this recognition that like, it's not about fixing or solving or, you know, over coming it to the sense that this never comes up for you again it takes the Mm. pressure off it for why hasn't it happened why haven't I figured it out yet why haven't I you know why don't I have it all together why hasn't this thing materialized and why have I not become this version of myself well there's this acceptance I think in addressing it as a pathway home that we're just the vision that always comes into my mind when I think of this analogy is almost like to be pulled out to the edges and to find ourselves in a sense lost and is this like there's always this sort of like very brambly forest in my mind about it that like once you start to like peel back those layers and chart that pathway back home now it's been done once there's going to be things that overgrow that path okay Mm -hmm. you're going to be pulled out again you walk it back again you start to pull away at that edges of that a little bit more make it more clearly defined so that the next time we find ourselves pulled away, we already have this like strong innate sense that yes, there's an inevitability to that being pulled away to having to dance with that polarity. And it gets so much easier to accept and so much easier to make it so that it's not so personal yeah. that it's happened again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That and 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 sometimes there's forces bigger than ourselves you know and i think it can be quite isolating to put all of this mm, i don't know external pressure on ourselves to be the ones to you know always find our way back and of course mm-hmm. we have personal responsibility but in so many cases people are trying to handle all of what's being thrown at them you know a bombardment every day of fucking like I'm not really articulating myself well here but it's 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 a lonely road and if Mm -hmm. if if, if home is taking the greater meaning or it's beginning to take the greater meaning that I would like it to have it's 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 not this siloed off isolating you know nuclear unit of Mm -hmm. you and maybe one or two loved ones it's it's a greater kind of ecosystem of presences that you can work with. You you can work with each other on on what's coming up and how you feel as though you've been straying from home and realign yes. back to that sense of belonging and love, not just to yourself but to your greater web. You know, and yeah, yeah. I just think so much of it can be done in isolation and, um. And and, and we're not meant to be doing it in isolation, you know, it doesn't have to. Yeah. Because that quickly becomes martyrdom, hey? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're we're trying to do it all ourselves, all alone. Yeah. Well, just when I say it's bigger than ourselves and the straying and the, you know, the 
the polarization that creeps in from the mind space and the the pain that brings and the feeling of I don't know whether it's judgment or aversion or rejection of whatever is going on inside your mind and that sense of straying away from home within is often a greater predicament that has been a struggle for your line of ancestors long mm. before you you know and yeah um yes and I'm thinking a lot lately about that you know the the benevolence and acceptance and compassion that we're capable of um yeah. beyond beyond just spiritual practices of course spiritual practices but like just by nature of being you know kind warm-hearted humans <laughs> yes um, who have a proclivity towards cooperation and empathy and kindness mm -hmm. and you know it kind of it is our nature to to be that way when we're with people but when we yes. isolate ourselves it's just funny how this topic of isolation we started the conversation talking about lockdown and now we're yeah yeah we're weaving it into what is what is not what is our natural state which is a coexistence yes of it's generations communal. and it's communal and we don't have to figure it all out for ourselves um mm -hmm. we don't have to carry it all alone and when we're weakened we can draw on the wider web to yes. carry us intermittently and then we can be the carriers and it's an ebb and a flow but um yeah i i'm, I'm really over the <laughs> the, the the narrative that it that it's a it's it's an individual experience and nothing else it's so yeah. much bigger than that and life has really only started to make sense to me since I felt more at home in the last few years and that's been layered by the fact that I've had community to show up for well, certainly yeah. in work but you know work is a is a kind of home in many ways it's a home for yeah. your days yeah I mean when you're giving that much of yourself to it that would be the hope yeah 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 mm. and then you talked a bit about the, the martyrdom as well and mm -hmm. um, I can't help but go back to the Catholicism that I come from <laughs> and the curiosity oh, in me now is leading me back to oh yeah we've 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 related on this before mm -hmm. and actually you know, one of the things you said that you wanted to address is how becoming a mother has shaped your perception of how you were raised. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, out of curiosity, is is is, is your Catholicism um, coming up in that exploration? Yes and no. It's interesting. So my like, I went to Catholic school all through. Um, like my primary education um, mm, same. and my both sides of my both my parents grew up Catholic um, on the one side was Roman Catholic Italians and on the other side is the Catholic um, like Irish Catholic Scottish mm -hmm. Catholic so you know it influenced a lot of my life in ways where I think it influenced the way that very much that my parents were raised and then as a byproduct influenced the way we were raised but also like I have to give so much credit influenced the way my parents wanted to change what they were doing mm. and the gears that they wanted to shift in the way they were parenting yeah um so I don't think that the Catholicism specifically hasn't come up in that it's but that was something that I spent a lot of years sort of examining and rearranging more so in my spiritual practice and in like mm. like in sort of switching gears and changing lanes mm. after high school when I first started to really pursue studying yoga and then taking teacher trainings and exploring a different expression of spirituality than what I had been yeah. raised yeah. with. But my parents, like by the time I think, I don't know, in my memory, I was like probably seven or eight when we, you know, made our final stand protest of like, I don't want to go to church every week. Uh, and what my age parents were, were you? oh, probably seven or eight. 
oh my god <laughs> yeah and my parents were rebel. happy to concede yeah I was just like I'm on strike and I maybe I was older than <laughs> I don't know but I think I think I was like seven or eight and I was like no I'm at I'm not participating in this I'm not going once a week and um I, my parents were quite happy to not have to drag us every week okay and, so it was kind of a mutual family yes. arrangement. Yeah. my grandparents were maybe not so delighted by that yeah yeah that's so interesting that you come from um a kind of a tapestry or an orchestra of yes. catholic um influence you know like there's yeah it's it's a big one for me right now it's the, the piece i feel ancestrally i i have no choice but to pick up in my hands tenderly and just examine and gaze upon and devotionally tend to the Catholicism in my in my bloodlines and in me and and in my own lived history and it's so interesting you say you were you were let off the hook for mass age 10 or age age you said seven or eight I was like 17 or 18 (laughs) I was like yeah I was like the um yeah I was I was like the the altar girl and then after that I was singing in the in the folk group you know I was yeah like really pouring my heart into into the old singing at mass and um, it was almost kind of like a demonstration of this Catholic zeal almost that was mm. encouraged and you know the Irish version of Catholicism especially as it's lived in Ireland is another beast well I don't want to say mm-hmm. beast it's another creature let's <laughs> it it use creatures yeah. their favorite um, yes. when I visited Mexico I found this gorgeous kind of pagan overlapping of color and carnivalesque kind of celebration in these little parades that they would put on and um, it was very feminine and vibrant Um, um, and of course I'm sure people would disagree with that if they lived in Mexico but that was what I saw and then you've mm-hmm. got this incredible blend of of of, of Italian and Scottish and Irish Catholicism and yeah. it's it's like any spiritual practice and yeah, no more than yourself. Like, of course, I, 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 my own, my own way of wayfinding to home and 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 the home within and my my methods to get there and my practices have rearranged everything that that's come before it in terms of religion and spirituality. But there's a serious spectral presence of Catholicism in my generation here in Ireland, and mm-hmm. I might just speak to that for a moment because that's what I like, would love you to. Well, I mean, I can I'm only so speak curious. to the Irish situation and I didn't even get involved. I, I, I was long since lapped when I moved to California from, you know, like never entered a Catholic church over there, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And my family probably won't be very happy to hear that. But like I, I do get nervous when I approach the topic of Catholicism in Ireland mm-hmm. here. Mary came to visit the last two teacher trainings um, in a very, very... Mm-hmm embodied <laughs> like literally the statue of mary was was a presence for us at the teacher training she it's almost it almost feels too sacred to talk about but she was uh she was hiding in the laundry room in the house where we took our teacher training and on both occasions she made her way into the ritual of the week like as a Amazing. primary figure in our circle so but when i when I bring her in and when I share her image and when I approach the topic of, you know, this holy but not pure, holy and human woman mm-hmm. who I perceive as being a figurehead for all that we call home in terms of the land, in terms of that maternal presence that makes home. Um, but I feel like I'm playing with fire when I approach it. Like it's almost like there's a shadow of the God that I felt like I had turned my back on in order to mm-hmm. find my own way home. And just to name that first before I even talk about it anymore, I, I have mm-hmm. to be kind to myself when I bring it up because it's it's a very um, there's redemptive potential in it. But yes. there's all almost this um, this there's there's this real tension that's alive when it's brought up in Ireland now like amongst mm-hmm. my generation almost it's almost like a void between the secular and the spiritual if that makes sense yeah um so yeah it's it's the gap is being filled with consumerism it's been filled with um absolute nonsense on tv and mm-hmm. 
but it, you know, thank God lots of people are finding their own way through yeah. their own practices. But I don't know, there's a polarity that's kind of playing out between secular thought and then the old way and yeah. the collision, the collision between these two polarities often takes place within families. And I don't even feel comfortable to share my my own family's story mm-hmm. around this, but it's an ongoing thing. It's it can really raise up fierce hostilities like within the, the realm of the home and this kind of this the complicated nature of that, like the, the, there's a coexistence of these worldviews in terms of the generations yes. that live inside of a home. And, you know, there's a real serious and latent kind of rage simmering under any conversations about the church that you have with people of my age and younger in Ireland mm-hmm. um, the church's failings and, you know, and if if if, it, if that's if it's even spoken about, but if there, if not right. if it's not spoken about, there's this silence and it's like teeming with frustration and sadness mm-hmm. and disappointment. Um, there's a there's this urge in me to also gravitate back to what my parents experienced as true spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like my parents met on a bus to see the Pope, oh. and. There's a there's a simpler earlier time in the Catholic Church where it was about community and it was about togetherness mm-hmm. and it was about kindness and I think it went beyond religion and, and you know there was a kind of yeah a sense of acceptance and compassion and community it was community you know yes so yeah it's but it's a real sacred core of my ancestral work that I'm dealing with now because as I tried to articulate with my teacher trainees as we we all navigated this together because Mary popped in and we had no choice but to look at that <laughs> and what it brought up for all of us and thank god she was there but like if I'm going to access if I'm going to ask for the assistance and the guidance and the and the helping power and call on it consistently from the generations that came before me through my four bloodlines I I would feel ill at ease not getting some kind of harmony in my own in my own sense of self and the catholicism yeah. that i was raised with and the, the the catholicism that they clung to in their own lives as you know the, the ubiquity of it like and the rosary and the yes yeah. the benevolence and the yeah the consolation that, that it created for people mm-hmm. who survived colonization and famine you know so yeah and i think that's it like there's like I know personally what like my own journey and I'm sure it's it's I think it is it falls a very common trajectory is this like in my sort of middle childhood I went through this phase of like I mean I rejected church because I was bored Mm. and could think of a hundred other ways I wanted to spend my Sunday as a you know eight nine ten year old yeah doing that (laughs) as I do think children just are like because Mm. you know I think in part because the world feels like a spiritual playground at that age, you don't feel the need for the formalities, I think, to connect you to something. You are connected to something always. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, end of high school, I had this sort of resurgence of this desire to connect to something, to spirit, to source, to God, to call it whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. by any number of synonyms. And it did take on like a very, um, I not a very, let's say like traditionally Catholic bent, but I, you know, would to be found wearing my gold cross and praying every night Mm -hmm. at the end of high school. And then had come to reckon a little bit with that and went spinning off in the other direction of like complete rejection initially, like Mm -hmm. diving into Eastern spiritual philosophy and traditions and all these things, looking for something, looking for something different. And then coming back around through for many different ways and avenues over the last, I don't know, I would say several, several years of looking at what it means to look at the heart of it the the core of it that has something of value and meaning and connection and heart both to source and to community and to say like there's a there's a core essence of you know what a lot of people would call christ consciousness or yes yeah to the consciousness of mary as mother as a link to the great mother that is of incredible value and Mm -hmm. is you know to come back to those sort of like these, like, I don't know, 
seeds of something that lives mm. there that mm. through whatever you know structural and systemic issues overlay mm-hmm. that underneath there's a spiritual heart going into I don't ever go into churches here but when I'm in Europe I always do and mm-hmm. there's something to be said for any space that is held that much prayer yep that much earnest opening of hearts and prayer and that sacred space and um mm-hmm. so it's been interesting I think to just find sort of these like core pieces and then to make peace with bringing those ideas and identities back together like you said like that there has to be I can't it's like it's the best kind of shadow work right it's Mm -hmm. like you know if you just try and uh, I don't know San Calpa your way out of (laughs) the reality (laughs) of what you're actually working with and you know it's not to dismiss the for San Calpa for anyone who isn't aware is, is, is is an affirmation it's a statement of positive intent that we use within the practice of yoga nidra and it's powerful and potent mm-hmm. and it's and it and it's derived from a from a sanskrit kind of concept and of, of truth but like the truth of the matter is we come from where we come from and yes. if we're not looking down at whether it feels like muck or shit or anything that's feeling sticky or stinky or unappealing to examine mm-hmm. and clean either cleaning that up or composting it then we're not actually serving ourselves or moving forward in any way. We're just looking towards the sunlight and hoping for, you know, hoping for change Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, Without ever having to address. Absolutely. And for me, that was, it was the, it was the one that was, it was, it's been dragging on my heart um, because Mm -hmm. I haven't been looking at it. And, and I think the main, main reason for that is, you know, like I, I know in my heart of hearts, there's the music, the prayers, the heritage, all of that is in my blood and, yeah. and was from the time I was a child and was in my parents' lives before me. Um, but there was fury that, that, that had to be addressed. It had to be mm-hmm. examined. It had to be given, yes. given voice, absolute mm-hmm. filth, like a, a filthy amount of anger that really is still it, it, like I feel like I'm, I'm only starting to scratch the surface in myself, but right the mishandling of sexual abuse and right the mishandling of survivors and their mm-hmm. families and the dismissal of families as you know families are what prop a church up but like yes yeah this is no this church absolute, without the people inside it precisely yeah yeah um so yeah it just lapsed into this big long pause where i was trying to negotiate it but now i've not only been kind of negotiating negotiating from a distance, but like actually actively spending time with it. And, you know, I took a pilgrimage this summer with my dad, um, which is a beautiful opportunity yeah. for he and I. Well, well, we're both in good enough health to take a, a pilgrimage together, but it's not just any old pilgrimage. I should uh, I, I should clarify. <laughs> um, the writer Moncal McGann, who I know I introduced you to, Brianna, yes. yeah, he, he actually wrote about it in the Irish Times and described it as the Iron Man of pilgrimages. So it's called Loch Derg. <laughs> it's a lake up in County Donegal. Yeah. A very rugged county. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's... It involves shoelessness um, and sleep deprivation and um, fasting for an extended wow. period. Yeah, it's three days. So I, I undertook that with my dad this summer and like uh, something in me told me that life has never been so cushy for many of us, like mm-hmm. and for specifically for my line and me as yeah. I represent that line and I I really wanted some level of um I don't know I, I I wanted to be able to get myself into that state of um not scarcity it's because it's not mm-hmm. scarcity when you when you know you can return back to yes. all of the comfort <laughs> that you get that you live with but it's mm-hmm. yeah it's um what give me another word it's not scarcity I'm thinking of when you kind of intentionally pull away from all of your the image uh, that comes to my mind is just the edge it's pulling up to the edges yeah like intentionally like um the like image that always comes up for me in something like that is like 
um, Sharon Blackie talks about it in If Women Rose Rooted about being like an edge dweller and like spending time deliberately mm. at the edges that there is a harshness two edges mm. because it's a seam it's a seam between things or at the like at the meeting of things that is a little more harsh and challenging and there's real purpose to meeting ourselves at the edges I think yeah. it's why we do any sort of like intensive practice is because there's purpose in intentionally meeting discomfort and meeting ourselves and who we are at the edges mm, mm, definitely yeah I'm like this this is a specifically Catholic pilgrimage, but mm-hmm. it's existed as a pilgrimage site for over a thousand years and has its origins in in pagan worship and pagan devotion. So it's like you say, you go to a place like that where that much prayer has been poured onto the land mm-hmm. and it's these stones that have been like part of the um, process is to wander around and in circles around these stations and give prayer into the stones and, and, and mm-hmm. put your bare knees on them. And like, it's, 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 it's almost like it's penance. Penance is the word that's used in, in religion, you know? Yes. Um, I, I can't even begin to describe the profundity of it. And I'm not quite mm-hmm. ready to share any more than that totally. about it now. Yeah. And I worked with the rules and the kind of structure of the pilgrimage as best I could mm-hmm and shaped my own practice into the wording because you and I are both firm in our belief in the power of words and mm-hmm. there were some shocking aspects to what I reheard in the structure of mass and and, and, yeah. and the kind of the manner in which language is used and how that infiltrates and I will say more about that again like the word sinners is case in mm-hmm. point or yes. we are not worthy to receive you this kind of thing but mm-hmm. But I very intentionally, repetitiously, you know, used my own language within the rosary. But the rosary to me right now is the is the prayer. You know, there's a yeah, a sonorance and a kind of a uh, melody and a cadence beyond vocabulary when that prayer is recited. Asquelga. Yes. Um, and that's what's guided me to the point where I'm just exploring this in, in, in a far more intentional way and I actually didn't expect our chat to go this way but it's just me, me. it's perfect it's it's but it's where my curiosity is guiding mm-hmm. me now you know I love and I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of done trying to perform to make my spirituality look beautiful right now my spirituality is confused yes. and that's okay you know that's that's yeah. great though because I think people need to I think that's an important thing for people to know is because I think like there's often mm-hmm. I think that misconception that when you're someone who's guiding practice that you've got again yeah. have it all figured out or that it's yeah. you have a sense of like unshakable clarity that you're never going to come up against question or doubt or having to marry mm. these various aspects of yourself as they re- either resurface or they become relevant again um, yeah. it's interesting um, I was actually chatting with a friend before we sat down to talk and was talking to her specifically the italians like there's a lot in the same way that there is i think like you just talked about that pilgrimage site has existed well beyond and long before the catholic church's arrival and presence became Mm. commingled with it but the same thing is true like i was talking about the fact that you look at all these like italians even like very modern italians where the cornicello the little horn Oh, yeah. Adornment and a gold chain around their neck. Well, that's folk magic, my friends. <laughs> like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, and it lives, and like, there'll be all of these people like wearing it right alongside the gold cross underneath. And yeah. I think there's like, these are things that I think get almost forgotten as a, co- a version of coexistence. Like, these are things mm-hmm. are coexisting alongside each other the best parts Mm. of them do coexist alongside Mm. each other and finding what that journey is for them to coexist alongside each other is a really important thing to do if it's a part of your personal history like I had been thinking actually I read a post I believe that who I saw it through um was her account on Instagram is at the root circle and she talks a lot about um she's from a like Italian American perspective of like um sort of like the roots and like folk medicine and folk traditions 
like in Italy. And that's probably an oversimplification of what she offers and what she does. But she had shared the sort of like sacredness of the rosary, like what mm. like ancestrally what had to be given and defended, especially by those who emigrated from their home countries to North America to preserve their rights to hold the rosary to continue praying over it and then it made me think of you know the rosaries that are still hanging on my bedroom wall at home in my childhood bedroom and I had been actually like recently thinking oh gosh and I have to remember the next time I'm at my parents house to grab that and bring that here to my home because I have a couple of very special rosaries. The one I was given as a baby and the one that yeah. I bought for myself um, at the Vatican when I was 18 that, oh. you know, have held a lot of prayer over the years and have been, you know, in that space for me that like part of, yeah, continuing to grow as a person is to accept and embrace and allow for the coexistence of all these pieces of who we are and what has informed us. Absolutely. Along the way. Yeah. And you think of the etymology of, you know, r- roots and radical and it feels, it's like I was saying, I do mm-hmm. sometimes feel like I'm playing with fire. Like I'm, I don't, I don't hear many people speaking up about this. And I'm, yeah. you know, I just I feel like I'm doing something really radical or edgy to pray the rosary. It sometimes. feels that way though. Like to talk um, about, I think, yeah. Yeah. I get no, that. No, no, totally. Yeah. And, you know, the more we talk about it, the less, the more normal it'll become. But like, yes, the Hail Mary is a perfect prayer. Mm-hmm. It is. If you remove the word sinners and I, 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 you know, I, you I, I'll, I'll come to that word eventually when I'm ready to look at it properly. But right mm-hmm. now it just completely jolts me out of, of the prayer. And if I repl- replenish it with the word creature, but if you speak mm. it off square, you don't even need to change any of the language because it is a perfect prayer. So it's She the Vahavuera Tallon, the Grosta, Ton Tirna Lath, Isbana Hu with the Manog, Isbana Thur the Vina Isa, Nave Wera Water Day Tor in a Paca and Ish, Isser Oran Mosh Amen. Like, it is the goddess. It is, I'm going to listen to that again and again. It is the moon. It is the turning of the seasons. It is the rose. It, it's it's the rose you give you gift anyone yeah. a rose you've seen you ever seen videos of the, the rose being used in shakti pat ceremony where it's like you brush a rose on someone and yeah. and suddenly they have this massive orgasmic you know kundalini awakening <laughs> experience yeah. like like it is you know it, uh, when i recite it, it it soothes me when i when i walk and i recite it it soothes me more than anything else yeah. it's like um it, it ties and it kind of you know binds us mm-hmm. together with with our ancestors in in many kind of cultures more than any other prayer so i'm fully at peace with it and happy to share it and do share it mm-hmm. and but it, yeah just the greater conversation about catholicism and it's just it feels like it's time now we've you know yeah we've a lot of healing to do here in this country yeah. anyway um I can, yeah and it's only five years since the referendum to repeal the Eighth Amendment, and you know, yeah. gay marriage luckily got through, but like it's not healed. It's now nowhere near healed yet. But yeah, um, when I say I'm confused in my spirituality, it's completely fine with saying that that piece of me is confusing. But my practice never feels confusing, and I think that's you know, if we're going to draw this conversation to a close, to bring it back to that is where we started and where we can bring ourselves, no matter how confusing and chaotic it can and will become mm-hmm. it's back to that which lives beneath religion and beyond yes. ideology um mm-hmm. that we yeah we're, it's such a beautiful thought Brianna that you share that we could just bring it into coexistence in ourselves and with future generations and and carry along what really works so beautifully carolyn mace describes it as the sacred jewels you don't throw out mm-hmm. the sacred jewels with the with the bath water you with kind the of... bath water yes mm. and, and that, that empathy no, and that ahead. kindness and that realm of goodwill that exists within families that is the fabric of where we were where we came from that is that is what the rosary means to me at the moment and that is what yeah. prayer is and that is that is at the foundation of of all practice so 
yeah, that's home. <laughs> that's beautiful. Honestly, I and I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing yourself. Thank you for using your voice. Thank you for giving us all um for giving me this opportunity to to chat to you. You know, like this yeah, this just felt like such a lovely chat and it was. Um and hopefully if anyone hears it, they'll take something from it and, mm-hmm. and just feel feel supported. Um because yeah. there's enough there's enough repression and fear without staying silent on things as well, you know? Mm-hmm. I think without yeah, the less less self-censoring, more mm-hmm. open, mm-hmm. honest, curious discussion is yeah. It's another yeah. pathway home. That's it. It really and is. Thank you for giving back to the community with this this platform of yours. Oh, my my true joy and what a yeah. lovely lovely thing to sit down and chat with you about literally anything. So <laughs> truly, <Yeah. laughs> ghosts and Catholicism. That's what came up. Yeah, <laughs> and Perfect. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with with people. I think it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be special. Um, Me too. To to share it outward. So thank you very much, love. Gosh, thank you so much.